0: Welcome to You Love to See It, the podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I say we, but in fact this week it will just be me, your host. I'll be Hunk Tears. As I have locked everyone else out of the studio and hijacked the entire show. The studio is definitely not just my room, and uh you know what? Just just go with the bit, okay? Just suspend your disbelief here. I've hijacked the entire show. Everyone is literally outside my door, banging on it, shouting, hey, let us in, we want to talk about Nicolas Cage's performance in the movie Ghost Rider. You can't hear them because I've edited out their voices using like um, high-tech audio engineering technology. And that's why. Because we are almost a week out from Halloween, and I wanted to take that opportunity to not only hijack Fanbyte's flagship cinema podcast for my own purposes, but also to celebrate probably my favorite movie for the Halloween season, which is William Castle's 1959 schlock classic, The Tingler. I think The Tingler is like a perfect Halloween movie, especially for 2020, since most of us probably aren't able to go out for a haunted hayride or a scary house or any other kind of spooky seasonal jaunt. The Tingler is nominally a horror movie and... I'm not one of those people who thinks like, oh, something from 1959 can't be scary. It's like from the past. Plenty of things that are from the 50s can be scary. The Tingler is not scary. (laughs) There's really nothing scary about it. Uh, It's basically like the movie equivalent of being blindfolded and sticking your hands in a bowl of cold spaghetti. It's gimmicky. It's silly. It's fun. You know how when you feel afraid though, there's a tingle in the base of your spine? Well, me neither. Because that's, I don't think that's... it. My DMs are open. Please contact me if you feel a tingle in your spine when you feel afraid. Um, But the movie The Tingler supposes that this is not only a real thing, but that it's actually caused by a tiny parasite that lives in our spines and feeds off of our fear. The movie follows Dr. Wharton Chapin, played masterfully by Vincent Price, as he pursues his theory about this parasite, which does, in fact, spoiler alert, turn out to be just kind of a big super lobster that literally lives in our bodies. Starts out little, the more scared we get it, get big. And then strong enough to crack our human spines in half. But fortunately, is paralyzed by letting out a scream and shrinks back down. So that's why we haven't all been squashed by our spinal fear lobsters. It's such a big concept. So... I'm kind of bearing the lead here uh, because what makes this like really something special and unfortunately means we'll also mostly never truly be able to get the authentic movie experience, at least not watching at home is that this is a William Castle joint. William Castle. Oh, William Castle. Okay. William Castle was a B movie horror director in the fifties and sixties who like, there are a lot of those. Um, But William Castle, I feel like really brought it to the next level in terms of campy haunted house energy, bringing that to the genre of horror and B movie crap. So William Castle's whole thing was in theater gimmicks. Like one of his movies, he gave every audience member a life insurance policy in case they died of fright during the movie. Another one, I think this was House on Haunted Hill, uh, had a plastic skeleton fly across the ceiling of the theater during the climax. Uh, also house of hill is a really good one. Also Vincent price. One of my favorites. Also very good seasonal choice. Uh, he would hire actors to play nurses to assist other actors who would play audience members who would get so scared during the movie. They had to be like taken away in stretchers. Being one of these showings must have been the best shit ever. I'm very envious of people who got to like go to these things. Um, I actually found out about William Castle initially when I picked up a copy of Crackpot, The Obsessions of John Waters at a used bookstore when I was in college. He has like a whole section in there about William Castle and how William Castle is his favorite director and how influential William Castle is on him. And like, uh, I don't remember if this is in the book or if this is in like a documentary about William Castle, but John Waters, I guess, like early promotional tactics for his movies were all these weird gimmicks that were completely inspired by William Castle. So I was a huge, huge, huge John Waters fan as a teenager and college student. So I absolutely like went out and sought out the Tingler, which is like, he really talks it up in the book. Um, And I also have not mentioned what the Tingler's gimmick is yet because I'm like trying to save it because it is such a spicy gimmick that I find so fucking delightful Okay, so actually, I'm going to tell you about the opening of the movie first, and then I'm going to tell you about what the gimmick was. The movie opens with literally just William Castle, (laughs) this man in a suit in front of a white backdrop, addressing the camera. And what he does is he, like, warns the audience to be very wary of tingles in your spines while watching this very frightening movie. Emphasizing specifically that, like, not everyone's going to have the same reaction, but that there are going to be more sensitive members of the audience and they'll feel these spine tingles more strongly than others and advises that you can stop the feeling and stop the sensation and be free yourself of fear by screaming as loud as you can. <laughs> so the big gimmick for the tingler is I think like William Castle's magnum opus of silly carnival bullshit. It's called Percepto. Percepto was a thing where I don't think they did this in every theater. I think it was just like big, big theaters in big cities. What they would do is hook up select seats in the theater to an old engine that would provide like a buzzer like sensation during key parts of the movie. So if you can imagine like going to this stupid horror movie about a fear lobster and you're sitting there having a fun time <laughs> Your see your like, entire lower body just starts buzzing. I would be absolutely delighted. Or Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, actually, a revival theater here that no longer exists um, would do the Tingler for Halloween every year and like hook up some of the seats. I went, I think, once, but I did not get a buzzed or a wired seat so i will never know what that maybe maybe somebody'll do it again and i'll get a wired seat but um john water's like specifically talks about percepto and like that he would go to see the Tingler and specifically look for the wired seats so that he could get the the maximum experience it is like such a bonkers big brain concept and i like horror and i like the spooky stuff for a lot of different reasons i like really scary stuff and i like being actually really scared i like stuff that gets dark and violent, but there's something that's so like perfectly Halloween to me about something that's this stupid and silly and fun. And I mean, okay, the Tingler is not remotely scary enough that you're going to, it's going to make you scream, but maybe getting surprise buzzed by a weird, I think they're like old World War II engines they used to. It's ridiculous. Like that, I, I don't know. I would probably scream if that happened to me. I think I've only screamed in a theater once during a movie. And it was during this like very middle of the road, Blair witch sequel that came out a few years ago. But honestly, like I had such a good time seeing that not that good movie because it's just like getting rowdy and into a scary movie and screaming and shouting in a theater with a bunch of other people is really fun. So you can't do that in the theater here with the Tingler this year, but I don't know. I feel like even watching it at home without Percepto, it's got that, it's got that flavor. It's got that silly, goofy flavor. And it just, it just hits right for the season. So after the William Castle warning you about screaming and tingling a little moment, there's this like montage of f- screaming faces and then the movie actually starts and we meet vincent price's character who is some kind of doctor or a re- I mean, he's a doctor uh what he's doing is unclear well no it's not unclear what he's doing is performing an autopsy on a recently executed prisoner uh why he's doing it is unclear uh but he is interrupted by a family member of the deceased a character named ollie who's a very important character as things go forward um, who just kind of like, and they have this very cold conversation where the concept of the tingler is introduced. Um, and they're just like very casually talking about this, the force of fear. And so it turns out that this prisoner has, was not killed by the electric chair itself, but uh, his spine was snapped in half. And Vincent Price, Price's character says very casually, like, oh yeah, this happens all the time. I see this all the time uh, when prisoners who are scared. It's super normal. His performance here in this movie is so fucking funny and so good. And he plays it so straight and so perfect. Like he's able to do this very casual delivery of these insane lines. In this scene, he says, there's a force in all of us that science knows nothing about, the force of fear that it's strong enough to shatter the spinal column, we know. Like, that makes me laugh every fucking time. I mean, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, but I am pretty sure that the force of fear, one, is something that science actually knows quite a bit about. (laughs) And two, is not strong enough to snap our spinal columns. Uh, If it is, like, please let me know, but I do not think this is a thing. And he says it like, just like it's the most normal thing in the world. It's fucking delightful. So he and Ollie have this conversation. Ollie is like a family member of the guy who's he's doing the autopsy on, and Ollie like big shouts to Ollie. I forgot the name of this actor, but he like has some very strange behaviors, <laughs> including like waltzing into an autopsy at an execution and saying like, "Hey, can I ever ride home?" Dude, I never met. So he gets a ride home from Vincent Price, and it's because he lives at and works out of the Silent Movie Theater. I say the Silent Movie Theater because it is an actual place uh, that still exists uh, on Fairfax Boulevard in Los Angeles, and it's a movie theater that is called the Silent Movie Theater. Um, for a while, it was called CineFamily Family, and was the place that did the Tingler. So the family is no more, but the silent movie theater existed long before it. Hopefully it will continue existing in some other form. So this guy runs a silent, it is a, like, an, it's a movie theater that shows silent movies with his wife, Martha. So Martha can't speak or hear. So silent movie theater. She kind of communicates in not actual sign language. Uh, it's just kind of a emphatic, big eyed gestures. So Ollie and Martha run this movie theater together that shows old silent films. Uh, A Vincent Price doctor, AKA Warren, who I'm probably just warning, gonna keep calling Vincent Price for the rest of this, uh, joins Ollie for a cup of coffee. We find out that Martha is a germaphobe and that she has a like big fear of blood when Warren Vincent Price accidentally cuts his finger and Martha gets so scared that she faints. So here's this like big premise of this movie. Which is that, so I mentioned before, we've got the tingler and it is paralyzed by screaming. Martha can't scream, so she faints because she cannot release what I'm pretty sure uh, they just call fear tension. Um, So Dr. Vincent Price treats her and leaves. This like sets up the rest of the movie the whole experience though, gives him an idea about what would happen to someone who couldn't scream or faint. Hmm. What would happen in that scenario? Okay. I'm not going to do like an entire deep dive recap of the entire movie. Like we usually do because it is just be by myself, but here is the gist. Vincent Price and his research assistant, Dave discovered the existence of a solid life form that grows along the spine and becomes this like fucking massive lobster thing when people are afraid. They call it the tingler based on Ollie's little aside about spine tingling when he's at his brother-in-law's autopsy, whoever it is, some family member. Um, So Vincent Price and Dave or Warren, Dr. Warren and Dave find this tingler by performing experiments on a animals, which they do not show. They show Dave like bringing a black cat to the house Uh, B, performing experiments on, so Vincent Price has this like sexy rich wife who cheats on him a lot. And that's part of the plot. Um, He does pretend to kill her and takes x-rays of her when she's passed out. And then he tries LSD. And I don't actually think that that is very helpful in discovering the Hingler, but it is significantly like the first portrayal of LSD in movie history. And it's mostly just Vincent Price in a lab screaming and freaking out and looking at like a skeleton and being like, ah, Um, it's pretty great, actually. Uh, I think if you don't want to watch the whole movie, you can just see like that. There are a few scenes that I'm pretty sure are just, you can just find them on YouTube and they're delightful and I definitely recommend the drug scene. So Martha from the movie theater does. So the other movie, the other really, really cool scene is Martha from the movie theater, RIP, gets scared to death. And it's a scene that's like actually very cool. It's super haunted housey. It's her in the apartment above the movie theater with no dialogue. And the whole movie is in black and white, by the way. Uh, You know, your normal B-movie 50s fair. it's going to be in black and white. So she's like, there's like a creaky rocking chair and creaky cha- and creaky doors and like a hairy arm with an axe, <laughs> like very cheesy haunted house stuff. And she's terrified and can't scream. And then because she's got this like blood phobia, you, she sees and the, the faucet is running, but it's red and the whole movie's is black and white, but like this faucet is running blood red and the, the bathtub is full of blood and there's a spooky arm reaching out and the medicine cabinet opens and it says death certificate. Martha died of fear. And it's just haunted house, goofy bullshit. Like it is very bad vibes that like the amount of spousal murder and attempted spousal murder in this. So if that's like a trigger for you, I would be you know, wary about this movie, but if it isn't like the, the vibes are manageable. If you're just going for like the schlock factor, which is very fun. So as one does when, um, spoiler, Ollie like totally killed his wife by scaring her to death because he doesn't want to run this fucking movie theater anymore. It's a lot of work, which I'm pretty sure it is a lot of work to just like run a movie theater by yourself with your wife. Um, but we don't, I mean, it's actually pretty obvious that it's him. But actually, you know, it's actually not quite so obvious. I take that back because there is this whole thing with Dave and Dr. Vincent Price talking about like, well, you know, if this woman was scared to death or like, where are we going to find somebody who's going to be willing to let us scare them to death so we can get a specimen of a tinkler? But I don't know. I like, I believed in my heart that Vincent Price, that this Vincent Price wouldn't do that as opposed to other Vincent Price's, which who really do love doing murders of innocent people. Um, So Ollie takes Martha's body to Vincent Price's house and uh, says like, well, you know, you treated her what's going on. And uh, they do get a specimen of a tingler, which, okay. The tingler's design is fantastic. I described it before as like a giant super lobster, Uh, but it's probably like maybe two feet long, maybe a foot and a half. And it actually reminds me of something that I really do fucking hate and think is vile and nightmarish, which is if you know that one viral photo of the like giant bug, lobster-ish guys with the Doritos, that's actually my least favorite image in the world. I hate thinking about it. I hate seeing it. If anyone, like, it ruins my day every time I see it. So props to William Castle for looking into the future and seeing that very cursed image in like a crystal ball. I mean, like I'm going to make a funny puppet version of this creature and call it the Tingler. The Tingler is not as upsetting to behold. The Tingler is actually pretty cute. Um, It's got like these little feet on either side and the way they kind of have it move. Uh, My friends have this, uh, have this great comic called Little Teeth that was running in Hazlet for Uh, a couple seasons and they had an alligator character who would walk and his, the little sound effects would be like, plop, 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 plop when he would walk. And like, that's the way the tingler's feet move. (laughs) It doesn't actually make a plop, 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 plop sounds, but there, I don't know. There's something very cute about them. There's something very cute about the tingler. I think I actually tried to make a stuffed tingler at one point when I was a, a younger lad, Uh, Probably in my early 20s when I was still doing fiber crafts. Um, But very cute lobster type thing with little feet. And uh, yeah, so they get it out. Vincent Price is fantastic working with this thing. He just, you know, I mean, obvious MVP of the movie, but really, really MVP of the movie. Like it's this perfect balance of fun campiness and playing it completely straight that just makes all his interactions with the Tingler delightful. So at this point, we're getting to like the climb to the climax of the movie. Vincent Price's hot mean wife, who again, like he did absolutely pretend to murder her. She hates him. She does drug him and set the Tingler loose on like their fancy little fluffy rug to kill him. Fortunately, his sister-in-law shows up and screams, paralyzing the Tingler. He tries to get a hold of Ollie, he can't do it. He figures out, oh shit, Ollie killed his wife. But while he's there confronting Ollie about it and finding his bag of scary masks and furry arm, um, the Tingler gets let loose on the movie theater during a screening and the audience is full of people. This is where the perceptos are gonna like really pop off. And probably where, see, I actually really enjoy this part especially okay my favorite part (laughs) is when you um the movie's still playing and then it stops and then like the tingler's in the projectionist booth and it kind of scuttles across the projector i guess but it shows on the screen it's just this like white screen with like this little tingler shadow like going it's just it's adorable i love the tingler and then it gets into okay this is the part where percepto is going crazy all the seats are going to start buzzing everyone's going to scream. It's a black screen and Vincent Price's voice just goes, okay, don't panic, but we do need you to scream or else the Tingler will kill you. There's like 30 seconds of just screams, which is I guess like when all the perceptos are going or buzzing, when any audience members who are actually paid actors would be screaming and fainting and make it a big scene. That, uh, okay, talking about it does make me very jealous to make me want to be there. But actually watching it, it's only like 30 seconds. and It's very fun and very enjoyable. After the 30 seconds, Vincent Price announces the screams of Paralyze the Tingler. And there's just something very theme park right about it. Like the intent is that you or at least someone near you in the theater would be also be screaming. So it's this like fun audience participation thing, right? Like a reverse version of Clap If You Believe in Fairies. Which actually, now that I say that out loud, I'm worried that nobody else does. Like, I still, I'm like 31 years old. And if they tell me I can save Tinkerbell by clapping, I'm going to clap in real life. Is that like, is that not normal? My DMs are open. Or just at me. Let me know if that's normal. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know if I'm normal or not, please. Um, so the Tingler is defeated by screams. All it gets got by his maybe not dead after all wife and the movie ends fucking Bravo. It's amazing. The thing about the Tingler and William Castle movies in general is that they're actually like extremely watchable. This, this isn't a, an Ed Wood situation uh, or even like a Herschel Gordon Lewis. Is that that dude's name? The, you know, blood feast guy. Uh, his like, I think his stuff's more watchable than like an Ed Wood, but William Castle, like, he understood filmmaking. He was actually like a second unit. He worked second unit on the Orson Walls movie, Lady from Shanghai. He knew how to make a movie. Uh, and it's Vincent Price. And Vincent Price is fucking unimpeachable. His performance in this is spectacular. And I'm, I am a huge Vincent Price fan for many reasons. Not just because I'm kind of a goth and a horror weirdo, but he also like seemed like he was a pretty solid guy. And I always think about that when I watch Vincent Price movies. Like, okay. This is something I love about Vincent Price, that he was this New England rich kid, like Mayflower, New England rich, like his family invented baking powder. So they were loaded, 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 loaded family. He went to like all the fancy New England rich kid schools. He went to Yale for art history and ended up just doing these horror B movies. And he didn't have to make any of these movies. He only made these movies because he wanted to. And the fact that this guy who is only who's doing this because he wants to chooses like, yeah, I'm going to be in the Tingler. That's my thing. I do not need to be in the Tingler, but I'm going to be in the Tingler. Like big respect, big fucking respect to you, Vincent Price, for that one. Also, like my actual favorite thing about Vincent Price is that over the course of his life, he donated over 2000 works of art to East L.A. City College, which is now the home of the Vincent Price Museum of Art. He was also involved with their arts program until his death. And like LA has multiple city colleges. Um, East LA is a historically Latinx, um, not high income, often like very marginalized in terms of like the way the city's funds and resources are allocated. Area. So the fact that he's like, this is this, this is the like city college, all the city colleges, also city college as opposed to like you know, UCLA or USC or a private institution. I mean, like, no, East LA City College gets two over 2,000 pieces from, like, gets his, his whole art collection. And it, it was not donated all after his death. He was donating, like, throughout his life. Um, just really fucking cool shit. There's, like, a really good episode of California's Gold with Huell Hauser about this that where they like go with Vincent Price, Huell and Vincent Price, like at East LA City College, and they go to art classes and they go to the museum and they talk to students. And it's just lovely. Um, Rest in peace, Vincent Price, a real one. So as for the Tingler though, you can watch that on like a bunch of weird streaming services or just find it on Dailymotion. It's pretty accessible. I have it on DVD, which you can probably get for pretty cheap because it's now also out on Blu-ray and Yeah. Uh, it's from 1959, so I do have to warn that there are some vibes in it that are pretty sexist. Even outside the, like, spousal shit. Like, there's a whole thing with... Like, it's just that there's sexist stuff in it, and it's kind of gross. And it feels gross today. But it doesn't still take away from what's, like, a really, really, really fun time overall as a package. So, I do recommend The Tinkler as a Halloween treat. If you're doing it as a double feature, I definitely would recommend... Another William Castle, Vincent Price collab, which is House on Haunted Hill. Also really fun one, which also (laughs) has like some sexist garbage in it, unfortunately. But really good schlock, really good gimmicks, really good, like fun haunted haunted housey vibes. So it sounds to me like they've got one of those door smashy things. Again, edited that sound out. They've been screaming this whole time. Remember this bit that I was doing where I hijacked the show? Yeah, I haven't abandoned that. Uh, They've been out here all along. I just, you know, edited the sound out. So I should probably wrap things up before the rest of Fanbite, like, takes me to Fanbite Court for podcast crimes. That's the thing, right? Oh, fuck, podcast crimes. Fortunately, I think my bosses are pretty cool, so I'm not going to get in too much trouble. Please... If you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed your cinematic journey with me, which I hope you did, you can save me from a terrible fate by rating and reviewing the podcast, (laughs) give it five stars and then say, keep LB safe. Don't send LB to podcast jail for hijacking the show. Those exact, I mean, you can put it in your own words, actually, or just say like, save LB hashtag save, (laughs) save on tears, (laughs) Um, subscribe to the shows. We've got a bunch of them. Tell your friends. Listen, you can listen to all of our podcasts at fanbite.com podcast. We have a bunch of new ones coming up. We've got, if you like the Halloween times and scary things and horror, we've got You Love to Scream It, which is not me by myself. <laughs> and this week we have a good one coming out Saturday. It's also like pretty cheesy. So that's fun. You can follow us on Twitter at fanbite media, TikTok on fanbite, and of course on fanbite.com. Watch our streams on twitch.tv slash fanbite. You can find me on Twitter at hunktears unless I go to podcast jail. I just wanted to lastly thank you to Jordan Mallory for producing. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Who's outside yelling, but I presumably he will produce this after uh, I've been taken away. And uh, until next time, you love to see it. Bye.